Hello and welcome to the monthly property update. I'm Alfredo Bloy, marketing consultant for real estate, and as usual, I have with me Sean Woolley, managing director of Cloud9 Spain and author of From the Ground Up. Oh, that's a big intro, isn't that's it? That's a long one, isn't it? <laughs> you need to chop off of that. <laughs> so, November, was it as rubbish as you foresaw? Kind of, yeah. Um, we had people here on the ground, which was interesting. So people were able to travel. I don't think many are traveling. I think people are still uh, kind of deciding and, and opting to stay at home, which is understandable. Um, after all, we can't we can't get to too many places without, you know, a big palaver. But the people who were here, um, what I noticed about them was because there aren't many of them here, there isn't that sense that they're in a, a competing environment so they you know they're, they're probably feeling that the demand isn't great so if if it's not something that's on the agenda to do to do right now and they want to do maybe buy next year then why should they bother doing it now um so we've got quite a few clients who have said to us that they're going to be coming back um once they are able to come back in a more relaxed environment and take their time and blah 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 i suspect that's going to be into the new year now um so that's that's kind of the the feeling of it. I don't know about the, the stats with other agents and things like that. As I say, the activity is down a little bit, but it's there's still there's still people there, still people in the market. But in terms of kind of pushing into a into a decision, people are again just starting to take their time a little bit. And I think it's that it's December now. You know, November. It's nearly December. Oh, it's nearly Christmas. Oh, oh, it's nearly New Year. Oh, then we've got to get the kids back to school. Oh, and we'll we'll look at it again in end of January. I think we're in that kind of mentality zone at the moment, which is understandable. Would it be fair to say that uh, the the positive news of vaccines is uh, changing the outlook to a much more positive one, both from you and your team's point of view, as well as the people that you're speaking to? Yeah, it is. We, you know, we're having slightly different conversations now because we didn't have, I mean, we still don't really have an end date inside as to when this is all going to end and when we're all going to be able to take to the skies again with, with no worries. Um, but the conversations are shifting to when um, rather than whenever. So we're talking now to clients and a lot of those people that we're talking to who are serious about doing something are talking about just you know, getting on a plane whenever they can, which is likely to be maybe January, maybe February um and so yeah we're still not there yet but the yeah there's there's more optimism in the in the market for sure and, and when when would you imagine do you think we're going to see a similar situation to what we had in july um when when the travel the first lockdown ended is there going to be all this pent-up demand is it going to be a certain mini boom um where we're going to see a a big amount of buyers just turning up here all of a sudden and creating some strange situation. I think that has to be Alfredo. And the reason is not necessarily because of the way the the property prices are or the market is moving. It's because of all the hard work that we're doing and other agents are doing behind the scenes. We are speaking to hundreds and hundreds of clients who are expressing a willingness to buy and a desire to buy. They simply aren't able to at the moment or it's really difficult for them maybe 10% of our potential buyers are, are managing to get here, but 90% of them aren't. But we're still having really positive conversations with those people. The desire is still there. And they're all talking about coming over and buying something whenever they can. So if they are all, like you said, like in July, when all of a sudden the skies opened and people were able to get here, we were rushed up our feet. And the difference between July and kind of previous months and previous years was that our conversion rate was sky high because the people that actually 
made the effort to come here, who were looking at property, they'd done all their research with us. They'd worked for six months looking at hundreds of properties virtually, by email, whatever. And they're a lot further down the sales funnel. So I do expect that when people are able to travel and they get here en masse, that we're going to see a, a splurge of, of sales activity, yes. And for, for a percentage of agents that have opted for, I suppose everybody has to some degree, but but for really bang down the hatches and kind of stop their marketing activities whilst the, during this period, perhaps those that aren't traditionally as strong with their sort of pipelines and have, don't really have the tech to nurture the leads and all that kind of thing, or the, or the finance. If we're looking into perhaps mid quarter one, at some point we start to see some life again in, in volume, even though there's still people trickling through. Um, should they be spent, starting to spend again now in December or should they hold fire till January? I mean, there is obviously a period from typically from lead to lead to viewing a period of time that takes place. Do they run the risk of missing the boat completely if they wait till the last minute? What, what do you think on that? What would be your advice? They, yeah, they do run a risk because you would, you would hope if you're a business like ours that spends a lot of time by email, on phones, by WhatsApp, virtual tours, so you, you know, a lot of time preparing and working with a client, you would hope that when the time comes for those clients to travel, that they would stick with us. And they would say, okay, you know, we're going to stick with Cloud9 or who, whichever agent they're working with because they've given us a load of information. It's been really on point. They've given us a lot of advice about the buying process, blah, blah, blah. So you would expect those clients to, to stick with those agents they've been working really hard with. So if, an, if a, maybe a smaller agency who just fancies or, or suddenly thinks, right, I'm going to grab those clients who are, who are coming over next week, chances are those clients are already in bed with somebody else. Um, so I, I think it's a difficult one. My, I, I would start getting in there now and start forming those relationships with clients before they can get here. Um, difficulty with that, of course, is as you said, there's a lead time from um, appointments to, to viewing. It used to be, I remember when I first looked at property in Spain 20 years ago, I think I booked my visit about a year in advance. I was, I was so excited. Now it's, it's a different kind of ball game. I think the average is about a month, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, but of course it's difficult because you're spending money on marketing and advertising and seeing no tangible benefit um, in terms of people actually actively getting out here. So it feels almost a bit counterintuitive. And then of course you've, in terms of commissions earned and, and revenue for the agents, you've probably got another three months to wait. So unless you're in it for the long haul, unless, unless you've got cash flow of six months, then there's no point. And what, this might seem like a strange question, but what about those who are planning to start trading now the new agents look come looking to come at the market is there opportunity for them or is it really a you got to be kidding kind of situation now ain't the time no, i think there's always i think there's always opportunity um and i think there's bizarrely probably more opportunities in times when other companies in your sector are are going under or suffering um you know like the example at the moment to compare it with is somewhere like the high street in, in different countries where a lot of big names are going um and the airlines you know things like that but the thing is we will all start shopping again soon we will all start flying again soon so those businesses that just haven't been able to make it in this weird time that we're in they'll be replaced so from a real estate point of view you know people will start buying houses again people are still doing it now but in, in terms of volume they will do and the people who haven't survived this this weird year um they'll need replacing 
And I think that there's an opportunity for businesses to come in and maybe shake the market up a little bit. We've seen now how people's working patterns are changing and people's viewing patterns are changing in terms of looking and, and how they research buying overseas property and how they, they look and how they first view. A lot of it is now tech enabled, it's, it's virtual viewings. And a lot of agents just aren't doing that. So there is an opportunity for new blood to come in and do that better than anybody else is doing it and to take things forward from there. I got you. Okay, so then this kind of leads me on to um, uh, an associated subject. And that is, generally speaking, the press, what other agents are saying, um, what research is showing here and abroad in the cities. and suggests that the, the prime real estate sector has stayed fairly comparatively strong and that the more affected one has been the mid to lower range for now, for, for obvious reasons we've, we've mentioned before. Um, so something that I've been talking about for a while is yes, we'd all like to sell luxury real estate because your commission's tenfold and the efforts equivalent if not less in some cases to actually process a sale. So there will be a natural temptation if you put one-on-one together and say, hey, you know, I'd rather sell luxury. That's all there is. Should we all just, should 2,000 agents suddenly just put all their chips in the luxury sector? What's the catch? Why shouldn't they? Well, first of all, the figures don't work with 2,000 people trying to do it because chances are, you know, 1,900 of you aren't going to make it because there simply aren't a volume of buyers at that level. So yes, they're very attractive to work with. What we've noticed in the last 12 months is that, that they have been able to get here more so than, than buyers in, in lower budgets. Um, people at that level tend to, be say, tend to be spending a smaller proportion of their life savings than somebody who's investing at maybe 200, 300,000. So it's not as big a decision, even though it's a bigger purchase uh, financially. Um, and yes, it, it's a really attractive market, isn't it? You know, when you consider that, I think uh, we, we shared some some figures the other day and, and economies of scale and all those sorts of things. I mean, yes, I would love to sit here, one man band, no staff issues, no management issues, and see two clients a month, sell for one of them each month at two, three million euros, happy days. I have a nice little business, no stress, and make plenty of money. But you can't certainly, as a startup company here, I don't think you can just enter that market like that. To give you an idea, it's, you know, we, our average sale um, so far this year has been, well, it's close to a million euros. 20 years ago when we started, I think our average sale was about 200,000. So if you look at our journey as a business, it's taken us 20, 20 years to get, to get our, our average spend from 200,000 to a, to a million. Um, so it, it's not a, a, well, for us anyway, it wasn't a quick journey. I don't think people at that end of the market trust you if you suddenly appear overnight as this you know, luxury brand kind of thing. I think you've got to earn your stripes. I think you've got to go through the hard slog. You've got to be, you know, they, they, people at that level, people at any level, they, you know, they want to trust you. They want to like you. They want to do business with you, but they've got to trust you. Longevity is important. They like to see that you've been around you know what you're doing, that you have the networks, that you have the connections in place to, to help them buy a property at a good price, um, that you have a visibility. So if you're not in the local magazines or not on the, on the Marbella Golden Mile, that you at least have a presence online and that you, you know what you're doing, that you also have a stock of listings. Um, and those, you know, you suddenly don't go out and list 
four Villas in Sierra Blanca and four in Zagaleta overnight. People think they can, but that can take five years to do do those eight listings. You know, um, so it, it's a it's a slog, and it's 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 a it's a right in the market that's earned rather than someone just going and saying this is where I want to be. So could, that's could you buy your way into it? That, that my, so putting it this way, the way I understand it is you kind of either work your way towards it. Yeah. Um, one way is to focus on listings. If you can somehow become the, the king of a particular area that is of, of, of high value properties, that's your shot. And if all your energies go into becoming a listing agent in a very specific area and you're successful at that, there's a, you got to shut at it probably relatively quickly if, if you're successful at getting those listings and let the buyers come from the existing network of agents. Or you're going to have to buy your way in and, it's, and, and we're talking big, doll, big dollars. And I think there is a one agency I can think of right now, and I'm not going to name it, in Marbella, that are kind of coming new. But they are spending big money. This isn't somebody with a few grand in the bank to see how it goes and do a little bit of Google AdWords or something like this. You know, you can you can buy your way in. I think it's interesting, but, isn't it? Because but, I think we also underestimate people. People aren't fools. They know if you're a one-man band working in your bedroom. They know if you're exactly with the shower curtain. We're they, at the they, headquarters in Tokyo right now. <laughs> They, but they, you know, they know, and they, they either, they either like that and want that, or they don't. And I think with, with real, I mean, for instance, we, um, we advertised in the game market about ten years ago. Um, it's a market that I'm, I'm familiar with, and our advice from the, the magazines in that market was that look, guys, unless you're going to be in our magazine for six months, you're just going to get ignored because people want to see that you're not just in there for the pink pound that you actually are there for the long term that you're not there to take advantage of a, a market that has a high disposable income but that you're going to add value whether it's adding value to the community or adding value to the process for the clients and it was absolutely true and it's the same here you know like the big glossy magazine we have essential essential magazine marbella if you go in that for a month hoping to establish yourself as a brand in the luxury market you've got to be in there for years before people start taking you seriously. So I think people do, they, you know, they, they see things and they think, hang on, who are these guys? They've just, they've just arrived. Yeah, they might be shiny and new and I want to find out more about them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you feel comfortable doing business with them. I understand. So, so to summarize what I understand you're saying is that uh, it's unlikely you're going to be successful if you come in and expect to take a, get a foothold into the luxury sector in the short term unless you uh, have considerable deep pockets and even then it may not be possible because it's such a saturated end of the market. Mm. So if you were starting out, you would probably, or a friend of yours is starting out, you'd probably give them some realistic brotherly advice and say, start where the volume is at and work your way to the luxury sector. Would that be sound about right? Yeah, I think it's good to aim for. And you know what, Alfredo, you can get lucky sometimes. You know, you can land on a deal, whether it's a listing you've got or a client that's recommended to you, a buyer, and they go and spend five million euros with you on a on a on a on a house, and you you make enough to to live off for a year. It can happen. It's Problem tempting, is, though, from an agent point of view, though, isn't it, to think that I, if I can survive on one deal a year? Yeah, there's loads of agents yeah. out there who do that. The problem is that that one deal doesn't happen. Then it's like, oh, because you've still got bills to pay. 
And then you've got, you're into your second year. And if you haven't done one in year two, oh, and then you're out of business. So high risk, high reward, which is why most agents opt for, I guess, the model we're pursuing, which is, you know, you still have to have your bread and butter. Um, and if you get the odd deal here and there, at, you know, two, three, four, five, 10, 20 million euros, then wow, fantastic. Um, but we don't rely on that because we, you know, yes, we're, we're in that market to an extent, but we also recognize that, that, you know, that it, it, it's competitive. Everyone's after those types of clients and we, you know, we have to cut our cloth accordingly. I understand. So on to, coming back to the Gustavo specifically, um, in the la in this, this quarter four period from what's been of it so far and, and, and what's left of it, a, a question that, that I had is, are, are developers, as far as you can see, at least down here, still releasing new developments or are they holding off? Uh, it, you know, is a is a is product coming to market, or or the what's the situation? I would say no. There's no there's no new product coming to market. There are developers out there who are releasing later phases of an existing project. Even then, a lot of those are actually just waiting. It's not a great time to release a new development. Let's be honest, because when you release a new development, you want there to be a fanfare. You want there to be activity. You want to sell units in the first week first day and at the moment there's not really a chance of doing that so a lot of developers are, are postponing launches of new phases new developments until until spring in the hope that we're kind of back to normal and we have footfall we have volume we have sales activity agents can go and view it get excited about it at the moment we're so restricted on what we can do we're kind of trying to sell things with both arms tied behind our backs um, and it's not much fun but I think developers are just, just hanging on. So to answer your question, there's not a lot of new stuff coming to market right now, but you know, middle of next year, second quarter of next year, I would expect it to be. Okay. And one of the things that caught my eye this, this uh, last week or two um, is, a, is a development which I'd heard about for a while. So I don't think it's news of the, the development itself isn't news, but uh, is uh, Epic Marbella by Sierra Blanca Estates. Um, it was picked up by lots of the Spanish financial and real estate press, particularly, as well as some international um, publications such as Rob Report and stuff like that, because they've they've kind of aligned themselves, I think something like 50 odd out of 70 of the units are in partnership with uh, Fendi Casa, the, the, the sort of interior design yeah. brand. And, uh, but that seems to have caught the imagination a little bit, at least of, the, of getting some media attention. This is high-end luxury. And the thing I was wondering, and maybe you may be able to tell me, um, aside from an obvious benefit of getting media attention, which has a value, as we all know, is this something that has value for the buyers as well? Depends what sort of buyer you are. I mean, um, Fendi is a, is a, you know, you can't get much more high-end than Fendi Casa. So... If you're buying an apartment, I don't know, say at a million euros or two million euros, and it's all furnished by Fendi, then you should be aware that, you know, 250,000, 300,000 of that spend is on the furniture. And I think, again, you know, people aren't thick. You, you know, you've got to think, okay, is, is having the name Fendi Casa associated with what I've just bought and is, is having Fendi furniture at whatever the cost may be? You know, 
am I spending 100,000 over the odds just for the name? And I think people have to make their own mind up on whether they can get similar quality elsewhere at a lower price or whether they're prepared to, to have it. And some people are, you know, some people will go and buy a car with the same engine as that car over there, but spend twice as much. And I, I suppose know. it comes down to brand, doesn't it? Brand it, value. And, and there yeah, are people who will be loyal to that and who will like it because it's high end. And yes, I, I, you know, I want that apartment and I want, yeah, I want the Fendi stuff. And wow, fantastic, fantastic. And there are going to be some who go, oh, oh no, 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 no. You know, because I'm, I'm just paying for something I don't necessarily need or would have would have chosen. I so think, I think, uh, yeah, I suppose the comes back to what this uh, marketing guru called Seth Godin defined brand as the amount you're willing to pay over what the equivalent would be. Um, and in this case, that, that's the value the association with a, with a high value brand brings value to what you're selling. And, and, and for some people, that's like you say, it's not for everybody, but for some people, that's worthwhile. And no disrespect to that development because it's a lovely development, but have they had to do that to add a, you know, have they, have they had to dress it up to sell it? That's the question, isn't it? Yes, that is the question. Yeah. I don't remember. This is my ignorance. I don't remember hearing anything about this and I don't know why it's news now because I, it's not the first time I've heard of the development, but it is the first time it seems to be getting picked up in November by lots yeah. of publications. So it would suggest that it's, it would suggest, although, you know, I don't know, that it's a, a relatively new initiative, or at least one that's been released relatively recently. Yeah, it was, it, it's been in discussions and they, they they launched it quite a while ago, actually, with this, this Fendi partnership. But I think the Spanish press particularly have picked it up recently. Um, but they, they, the Sierra Blanca um, developers, they've, they've been wanting to develop something on that site for a long time. I don't know if you remember The World. Is that where, the same site? Well, it's, it's linked to it, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the site, I mean, the, the address is a good one, but from a, a site point of view, I don't, think, I don't think it's the best. So if you're, if you're spending, I don't know what the prices are at the moment, a million and a half or something like that on, a, on, a, on an apartment, you know, although it's going to be, I'm sure, because they're, they're great developers, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful inside, stunning apartments, great specifications, but are there better locations? Maybe. So... Maybe that association with Fendi is just to glam it up a little bit so people go and walk through the door. And of course, the more people you have walking through your door, the more, the more chance you've got of selling houses. I mean, the, 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 it kind of, I'm sure it is in this, but it does cross over into the principle of do marketing gimmicks work with real estate, which is yeah. quite a boring marketing mix typically, isn't it? It's a bunch of renders with a sea view. You show the, the penthouse as, if, as a representative of the of the, of the one bedroom facing the wall type place. And it has, at least in the years that I've been involved in it here, it's been a distinct lack of marketing gimmicks, in my view. The last one I remember um, was- You're gonna I mention think, the mini, aren't you? You're gonna mention the mini. The mini, yeah, <laughs> the mini. I mean, I personally, I quite like that sort of stuff because I think, you know, it's a bit boring to take off 20 grand off, 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 a, off a price tag of several hundred thousand, but, you know, what if you don't want a mini? A, what if you don't want, a, you know? I know, but it just gets everybody excited and talking, doesn't it? It means, well, at least from my experience and marketing at the time, in terms of me doing the marketing for agents at the time, it was in everybody's newsletters that month. It was in everybody's landing pages. It gave everybody an excuse to peak interest. Um, so that's on the way in. Then that's as a lead. But then once in, I would imagine, and again, I don't know this as a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if a large percentage of those free minis became a discount. Yeah. And it was just, a, like I say, a gimmick. 
which uh, which is, it is interesting. Yeah, and it, it it does you know it's it's PR, isn't it? And yes. um, you know it's it's great because as you said, it got a lot of traction and it was it was everywhere. You know, a mini free mini, and and I think maybe it's just because I'm old and crusty, and and I think well, hang on, if there's a free mini involved, I'm paying for that somewhere. And it's a bit like you know, if there's a guaranteed rental, or if there's this, or if there's that, I'm me as a buyer, I'm paying for most of it. You know, if someone's um, going to give me a, a, a free mini for, that's worth thirty thousand. Hmm. I'm paying for that. You know. What yeah, I mean? I mean, I think I think perhaps on the higher end, for sure, that it's probably less susceptible to gimmicks yeah. um, of that sort, at least. But in the mid range, um, in the mid range, you could argue that it's a talking point. It's the reason why the husband or wife or partner on the sofa on the tablet looking at the promotion that says you're going to get a pair of his and hers Rolexes when you buy this flat. Yeah. Um, would turn around and mention it to the other person, yeah. You know, and, and that is half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think I think people have a little bit of lethargy when it comes to offers. You know, um, I know that, that, that a lot of developers try it with you know free furniture and free this and free that. You can actually say have a free apartment, and people would go, "No, you're right," because I think people are just thinking, "Hang on, what's the catch? What's the con? Who's paying for it?" So I think sometimes, you know, I say to a lot of my clients, "Look." Let me just try and negotiate you the best deal possible on the price, um, which we've been doing for 20 years. You know, like I'll say to the developer, look, forget the gimmicks, forget this, forget the free toldo, forget it. Let's just talk about the price and let's let's sit down and work out what the best price is that you can offer so you're happy and the best price my client can buy it for so that they're happy. And sometimes that's the best conversation to have. Um, but but when you're faced when you're in a market where there's a hundred different developments that a lot of them look the same as each other, let's face yeah. it, at least from a render point of view. I'm sure on the ground it's a different scenario, but from the point of view of the person in Stockholm looking at a landing page or an advert or something like that, you know, this one's three hundred grand, this one's three million, and the renders look identical almost, and you're thinking, I don't know the difference. Um, sometimes it, it, it's something that you would you were talking to the the, the sales director of Nine Lions in Nordalothia. Mm. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was that he, as I understood it, he was saying that one of the trends that he's noticed is the massive difference it makes showing a, a new development with furniture in it, the show flat versus an empty one and how people kept on trying to keep on trying to buy the show flats. Yeah. Very often. So this kind of touches on, on, on things like virtual, um, the, the, when you have virtual furniture just to show what your house would look like, um, that sort of thing. But what what sort of are you on the ground finding that buyers have a lack of imagination? Oh, totally. Not everyone looking at a property with four walls versus somewhere that's nicely decorated. It's really weird, isn't it? Because when um, you know when a property is being built, like in the in the the bare brick stage, it always looks small. And then you know, and it's only when you start plastering, painting. But then even then it's, it's, it looks bigger than it did, but still not bigger. And, but when, then you, when you start putting furniture in, it gives the whole thing perspective. And it's absolutely true. And the reason most developers do it is um, because yeah, they have people walking into a show home and you walk in and because it's not full of other people's clutter and personal belongings and photos of granny and stuff like that, you walk in there, it's probably the right temperature, the right ambiance. You walk in there and you feel it could be yours. Not that it's somebody else's. And that's a huge emotional and psychological pull. So a lot of developers now, I mean, we, um, 
we work with a furniture company called Mabay Interiors, and there was a development down in Cabapino called uh, Dunes Beach. And they kind of hit the buffer a little bit with sales activity. Um, they'd had a couple of, of show homes that had been done, but not done well. And Mabay Interiors went in there, and I think they did four show homes. And they sold, I think, four within a month. Um, and the, the guy there was just like, wow. You know, it's a incredible. relatively small investment. Obviously, it depends who was doing Absolutely. it. But something I, I, like from Marbella Interiors, what sort of price tag are you looking at? Yeah, you know, 20,000 20, 20, a pop. Um, I think I think they did a deal with him so that they he, they paid the, the cost price of the furniture and then the balance when they sold it worked out great for them. And, you know, so you, 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 get, you come to some developers and some developers are really forward thinking about this. Like people like Taylor Wimpy, for instance, they will build a porter cabin to scale on the site of the of a develop of a new development and kit it out like a show home. And you, once you're in it, you you could be you could be in anything. But it, it it gives you an idea of what it's going to be like. So there's no excuse. You know, oh well, we can't do a show home because we haven't started building yet. Sorry, there are alternatives. Buy a few containers and do it out. You know, um, and I'm absolutely. I mean, we turn developers away sometimes who want to work with us and they want us to promote their products. And we say, okay, are you willing to invest? in some sort of showroom or no, 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 because the, pro the, the product sells itself. No, it doesn't. Nothing sells itself, you know? So we have constant debates with people and, and as you know, as we just touched on, it's not expensive to do. If you come to an arrangement with a good furniture company um, and the idea is keep selling it. Yeah, great. If you sell it as it is, great. Do another one, do another yeah. one, do another one, you know, rinse and repeat 60 times and you've sold the whole thing. It's strange how they do look smaller with nothing in them. Yeah. Isn't it? I was I, I was promoting a, a video of a, of a penthouse in in Marbella last week, and it has no furniture whatsoever. Nice, beautiful inside, impeccable, but yeah. zero furniture, and it looks tiny. And you look yeah. at the stats of the build size; it is pretty big. Yeah, so and, um, you look at something equivalent with like in the same development with furniture, and it looks huge. And it's such a strange paradox that you have places looking bigger with more stuff in it. It's incredible. People think it's the other way, but no, it's not. I mean, I'm obsessed about bedrooms because I'm I'm 191 uh, centimeters, so I need a two meter length bed. So I'm always like, you know, whenever I go in place, oh, I can't fit a bed in there. And more often than not, the developers thought about that and thought, yeah, you can. Um, it's just looking at it, thinking, hang on a minute, this this isn't going to work. But you know, a 180 by two meter bed, you know, yeah. Once you get it in there, the room looks much bigger. I think I remember Mark mentioning that an example of somebody looking to to buy one of these properties that are start about 600 odd thousand euros and concerned that the, the that they didn't like the curtains it's that that's quite it's quite a funny sort of way of looking at it thinking that really the importance of getting the the showroom and the and the interior design presentation of how you you're selling this as a as a, as a place to live and how, how how crucial that can come down to a 50 euro pair of curtains absolutely vital and i'll tell you why it's even more vital as well because people in the last nine months have been doing a lot of their first viewings virtually. So they've been relying on us or the developer to, to you know, swing around with a camera and, and walk through the show home. If you haven't got a showroom, what are you gonna show them? What, an empty apartment that looks tiny? No, you know, come on. So that's what I would be investing in if I were a developer, I would be saying the first thing we need is an amazing show home that, that, that you know, basically sells our, our development for us. I found, I mean, I might be wrong. So I'll say that as a disclaimer before anybody goes crazy. But I found that the same thing to, to on a more an early stage in the process, like the lead stage happens 
with the renders. Mm. And, and I can think of a particular example, um, which is on two sides. So the first side was when the, the research, the, the, set, the, the, the business started booming again a few years ago, this, sort of, this time around, the, the, the world actually said, Blanca was amazing, wasn't it? Like a spaceship. And I mean, it was probably too futuristic of anything. But the one that we generated, uh, the firm I was working at, we generated thousands of leads just on the back of one picture, which was for a development in La Gala called Jardinana. Remember that one? Mm. And it had a corner infinity pool penthouse sort of image. Yeah. And that picture oh, yeah. just generated thousands of leads, just that picture alone. They call it a halo image, don't they, in marketing, I think. It's, it's the, 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 the halo image or the money shot or whatever you the want. Hero, to call it. hero, hero image. Hero, yeah. halo or whatever. But yeah. that, you know, because it, it has to be aspirational. You know, it's, it's got to make people think, I want to be there. They might not be able to afford to buy it, but I want a part of that. I, I, I want to be in that little infinity pool on the terrace. I, I, yes, you know, and, and unless you're going to invest in, in getting that image right or those images or the show flat or the videos, you might as well be out of the market. You haven't got a chance. I was involved with a pre-promotion of a development, which I won't mention because I can't, but uh, also in La Cala de Mijas. And, and the, the initial set of, this is a, these are apartments probably started about 450K mm -hmm. in that area. And the, the first set of um, visuals were really crummy, pixelated renders facing the building, just of a building. I mean, it could be a, an apartment block in Arroyo de la Miel en Madena for all you, you can see. And it did some pre-publicity probing to see what, what interest it was all the way through Europe, through property portals, this and the other. Did it for a few months, spent a few thousand euros, enough to get a sense and zero interest from a lead point of view. It then, you know, that I moved on, did other stuff. And then a few months later, uh, a well-known master agent promoter picked it up. Uh -huh. um, and suddenly the they added the word beach to the name while well, giving things away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they did it or the, or the, or the, or the developer themselves. They added beach to the name and the, and, and the render was flipped on its side. It was a penthouse shot where you could see all of the post and the, and the sea and the panoramic sea view. And I was still doing, you know, for other clients, for other agents, including yourself, uh, lead gen. And something that I had known had, had zero interest from a lead gen point of view. Uh, now with that image became a hero shot and I was, there was jet leads flying in. Now at that point you still don't know what the development is going to sell so that's like half, half the fight isn't it? Then it comes down to the development itself which is where, where you pick up on this and that's when you you know you can't hide it or some, something is a bad product it's a bad product but that applies to anything in marketing but it was it's, I've seen it several times where, where how something is presented is half the battle and, and both from the lead point of view as well as in your case when you're doing the viewing and and, and how yeah. it's staged i i always imagine it's a shop window you know we're not we're not retail but if you're if you're marks and spencers you're going to put what you consider to be your best woman's dress your best men's suit in the window to get people in aren't you and it's it's no different here you know if you if you've got crummy photographs i mean that's why we always say to our to our vendors you know, they'll say, oh, use my photographs. No, thanks. Um, because your photographs probably weren't taken by a professional with a wide angle lens on a sunny day and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so you have to get everything right. And it, it, it's so, so important. As you said, it's, it's, and we've seen, like you say, you know, we've seen lots of developments too, who's been through the motions of trying to get 
off the ground and haven't been able to, and then they go to a professional outfit who know what they're doing, and all of a sudden uh, it becomes saleable. Okay, well, with that, I think we've uh, we've fixed the world. We We're optimistic about about quarter one. Christmas, yeah. And uh, and yeah, I suppose now it's uh, you know get ready, hold on, and 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 be ready for when it, when we get the the. The influx. I mean, at the moment, we're at our worst potential possible state, aren't we? Where we can't even leave your municipality from a practical point of view. It's weird because we're, you know, we're not theoretically supposed to, you know, take clients with us because they're not working. We might be, so we might be okay to, to move around, but our clients aren't. So it's like, okay, do we hide them in the boots? You know, how is this going to work? Are they going to get stopped and fined? So it's just a bit of a mess at the moment. And I think with Christmas approaching, everyone's just trying to grab a few days with their loved ones and and enjoy themselves and then go and get the jab and then hopefully the world will return to some sort of normality early part of next year i think i think uh, finances permitting from most people um you know there is some there's good reason to be optimistic there, well i uh, want to go away i mean i don't know about you i've got a, a like a list of three or four places i'm just going to book as soon as we're allowed to I'm, just, I'm i'm out of here but then of course i'll be out of here and the clients will be coming this way and i'll miss the boat so i need to be <laughs> need to make sure we've got people here yes yes well, thank you very much. And no problem, my pleasure. Thanks hopefully for January, time. we're going to have some very good news to, to report on, on, on how things are progressing with the vaccines and flights and restrictions. Hey, we've still got December. You know, December might be a great surprise and a great month. Who knows? I think, you know, it doesn't take a lot, does it? No. It doesn't take a lot of people, like you just said, are dying to get away. You know, and it's not just to make the property purchase. So give it a chance to fly off for for a long weekend to Marbella, um, if airports permitting and that. You never know what you're going to see. We know we know it's going to be disrupted. So our yeah. normal patterns where we kind of close shop at mid December and keep things rolling in the background with very little energy. You just don't know. It could be it's weird. craziest time. So we could have. Yeah, I mean, I was I was up at um, Alcazaba Lagoon yesterday because we have. Uh, it was repeated on A Place in the Sun on BBC Two, I think it is, um, a few weeks ago. So we were inundated with inquiries. And um, I think we've got 17 people interested in it. And we've got three or four of those are, are, are very interested. So I went up and did a few videos and, and stuff like that. And, you know, they're, they're talking about maybe um, maybe going for it over the phone. You know, I did videos of the, the best available three beds, the best available two beds, two or three of each. Um, there's a special deal on at the moment. If you if you reserve before the end of the year, you get six months, your first six months community fees paid, which, do you know what? It's actually a good little... little See, uh, I told you. Yeah, because That's it's it. a cash flow thing, isn't it? People yeah. thinking, oh, God, I don't want to, you know, I've got to pay 300 euros a month and I'm probably not going to be there. But if the developer's paying for it, then, hey, happy days. So, you know, we may do a few deals in, um, in December. You never know. Great. Thank you very much for your time. And you. uh, let's speak again in January. Take care. Thank you.